that meant that velocity was collapsing. So what? Where is that money going then? It in, it in, in the, it's now you're now in an end stage phenomena where it's increasingly going into financialization of financial financial bubbles and busts, but also into warfare, and that has always been so that when when they are reaching a turnover point where the money velocity is collapsing there they create um wars and um at the end stage of uh, uh we're basically at the end of a century long super cycle of this so we are facing a um a, a global hybrid war now. That is the urgency behind uh, people understanding this is not this is not just going to be a matter of what happens to your retirement fund. It's uh, it's very very serious. If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have David Webb coming to the program. He's the one that did the book and the documentary on the great taking. And he does the parallels between what happened in you know, the World War II and the Depression and today. And he's talking about the Universal uh, Commercial Code, the UCC, how they've usurped our ability to own anything and how he's contending that this is how they're going. You know, when the World Economic Forum says you'll own nothing and be happy, it's that. How are they going to strip you of your assets? And he's analyzed this from a security standpoint and the UCC commercial code and all that. And he's trying to get this information out. Uh, he believes that there's two things that need to happen. He believes that the UCC code needs to be abolished at the state level. It's a state level thing. And that the Federal Reserve needs that overnight. If we got rid of the Federal Reserve, the wars would end. The All this craziness that we're seeing would end because they're the ones funding all of that and they're doing it to maintain control of the entire system and that's what we talk about and then we talk about what people can do to help and we're really hoping that people inside the system who are in positions of, of to do something will learn about this and make a difference because that's what we need but also at the state levels everybody can get involved if you're willing to to educate others and to get these these things passed or reversed so this is an interesting conversation it's uh 
deep and there's a lot there, I really highly recommend that you go and either read the book if you're a reader or watch the documentary. You're going to learn a lot. I watched the documentary twice and I still could learn, you know, watch it again. I think this is a big part of the puzzle. I do think that there's more aspects of this puzzle and more things that we need to get at. But this is a big thing. Like I'm trying to figure out, I asked them about the UCC filings, these huge UCC filings, you know, 14 trillion. What the heck is this? So the Department of Defense, Obama signs it, you know, all these things underneath these these administrations. What is really going on with that? He doesn't know. He's not familiar with that. So those are areas that we really need to dive into and understand more and get people who understand the UCC code, understand what's going on with that and help us decipher what these big filings are. I mean, these files are out there and what are they doing with it? That's stuff we need to understand and get a handle on. So, okay, before I get into this, I want to remind you that you can protect yourself with owning, physically owning gold and silver, and silver especially. Email Miles Franklin, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them that Sarah sent you, and you will get the best prices on gold and silver in the country. So remember to do that. If you have not done that yet, you really need to. We don't know when this whole thing's going down and it will be very helpful to have a stash of wealth that you can protect. And even if it's just a little bit, you at least have some of it there because if they asset strip everything, you at least have something that you can preserve your assets with. You know, I bought land, I bought other things, but gold and silver is something I've been buying since after the 2008 crisis, every year, every quarter, I put money into it and just to protect my wealth. I don't have a ton because I, you know, I only have what I have, but I really highly recommend you have something. Okay. So again, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent you. Okay. Let's get into this really fascinating discussion with David Webb. Hi, David. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm very excited to do this interview. You did this wonderful, wrote a wonderful book, and you did a documentary on your book. I think it's one of those things where you have to watch about five times before you really start to, you know, get everything out of it, and you probably watch it even more. There was so much in that. It was so packed with information, but it's called The Great Taking. What made you come out in the last few years with this? Why Why this timing? Uh, I would say it's just the fullness of time. Um, I, you know, I have um, studied the matters involved with this for upwards of a quarter of a century. So it has, I've, I've, um, I've been intensely involved with this for a long time. Um, and, um, I think, um, yeah, I, I, ha I have long experience of trying to explain this to people, try trying to do something about it, trying to get through to people and in, including in Europe to try to avert this, um, um, and ultimately, I think what happened through the whole COVID period with the over-the-top um, totalitarian yeah. <laughs> control and the, all the trappings of global hybrid war 
put it put it put it to the point where I could not avoid writing the book. And um, that, makes that sense. so that really why now it is because we are in a global hybrid war and people need to understand this. That's right. So, okay, so let's talk about what the great taking is. People, this interview is not going to do justice to your documentary or book. They need to go out, get your book. Even the, the documentary, which is great, they should get your book too, because they're, I'm assuming there's a lot more in there. It's so rich and dense, but I have questions for you on it. First, can you talk about what the concept is behind the great taking? Okay. Um, what I am talking about there is a very sophisticated construct that has been put in place um, through, through a strategy stretching back over 50 years, over half a century, to um, convert uh, what had always been property, your stocks and bonds, which were called securities, and they were called securities for reason because they were secure, is personal property. So if a bank or a brokerage firm became insolvent, legally, they could not take your property. It was not their property. They would go to jail if they took your property. That was theft. Um, so this construct, the, the, the key thing was to convert uh, what had always been personal property into a contractual claim by creating this concept of a security entitlement. Now, this is something that had never existed in four centuries of securities law, uh, but by, by converting this into a contractual claim in insolvency, that makes you an unsecured creditor to your own property. Then um, the the securities are held in these vast pools. They're held in pooled form by law so that there's no specific identification um, of uh, who, who owns what, who owns any specific security. So your, your ownership record is only in the books and records at the lowest level at the intermediary, at your broker or bank. Um, at a higher level, the securities are all pooled. They are they are fungible, meaning there's no differentiation between uh, uh, the securities. And this allows them to fuzzy up what they can do with these securities. And what they do with them is they use them as collateral. It is passed on and they use it as collateral at what uh, free of payment. FOP, meaning they take the securities out of these pools um, without the owners, those who have beneficial ownership, being aware that any of this is happening. Now, the key thing is this is true even of sophisticated institutional investors. They are unaware of this. They are told that their securities are segregated, but we know uh, irrefutably that that is not operative. How do we know that? Um, this structure was put in place first in the United States through changing the Uniform Commercial Code in all 50 states. 
So it could be done quietly without an act of Congress. Um, once this, this was implemented in the US, there is then a pressure to globalize this, to harmonize it, to force the rest of the world to conform to this. And that was led by the U.S. State Department. When was that so done? So this has been done. Well, the harmonization efforts were beginning in just after the dot-com bubble and bust. Okay. You know, crises are used every time in this way. That's so right. the change in the use was in 1994. The harmonization efforts were beginning uh, in 2002. Um, and then um, the um, Europeans, the EU, formed something called the Legal Certainty Group. Now, what they meant, meant by legal certainty was making it legally certain that the collateral could be taken and used. And the collateral. I'm sorry, keep going. The collateral is the stocks and bonds that are in these pools. So legal certainty means legal certainty for the creditors, for the secured creditors that have uh, received the collateral. So the legal certainty group was charged with figuring out how to make this legally certain, how to essentially subvert national law as state law was subverted in the U.S. And they gave a questionnaire. They sent a questionnaire to the New York Fed. Now, the New York Fed is really the Fed. That is the business end of the Fed. And attorneys for the Fed responded to this questionnaire and it explained exactly how it operates under U.S. law and the U.S. system. So this that is why this is irrefutable. It is not conjecture. Okay. Um, and when, so when that, you're talking, let me just twice, go ahead. twice, the Fed made pointedly explained that segregation of securities is um, uh, is not operative under this structure, that even segregated securities are are will receive only a pro rata share of what remains in the pool after the secured creditors take securities out of the pool in an insolvency. So even so, this means not just individual investors, this means institutions, think pension funds, insurance companies. It is um, so um, uh, it, it is it is a comprehensive design. Okay, well, let me ask you about collateral and this comprehensive design, because I've heard other people say, well, yeah, he's just talking about securities. But you're talking about way more than securities, because you're talking about the collateral being people's homes, people's bank accounts. Well, no, no I, I, am, I am just talking about securities to begin with. This structure, see, I go into in the book talking about what was done in the Great Depression, because this is that was great taking 1.0. This is great taking 2.0. <laughs> and what is different this time around is that even things that people own outright, well, their stocks and bonds, their investments that they own outright, they have no debt, they have no margin balance against those things. 
those things will be taken through this subterfuge. Now, but on top of that, um, if you go back and you study what happened in the first part of the 20th century, um, anything encumbered with debt will be taken. Yeah, so, so that means... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, things... things um, Whatever it is, that is, Homes, that is gold, and this, whatever the collateral is. Well, right? gold, I mean, if you own the gold free and clear and it's uh, uh, somewhere else, maybe that's safe to begin with. But I, I explained that the, okay, let, let's step back. The big picture here is um, when the Federal Reserve was formed, um, when it was planned, the chief concern of the planners, this meeting on Jekyll Island, was that the um, the banking, the, the, the major growth in the economy was happening without them. So the European controlled banks in New York were losing share. So there was a, a tremendous growth in independent banks, mainly in the West and the South. And the U.S. economy was so prosperous. You know, this was the golden age. It was so prosperous that industry was largely self-financing. So they did not need the credit created out of thin air by these uh, by by the New York Center banks, which are really European controlled. So they they plotted, and th this is difficult for people to accept, but it's absolutely clear, to literally destroy the economy so that they could take control of everything and everything became dependent on their credit creation. And that is absolutely what they did. If you go back, it was, it was comprehensive. It was highly successful in terms of their strategy. So they created the conditions for the depression. Um, they made it happen. And then when the bank holiday came in March of 1933, all the banks were suddenly closed over, overnight. And 9,000, all of their competitors, 9,000 banks never reopened. They were not allowed to re reopen. Only the banks controlled by the Federal Reserve reopened. Then getting to gold, on top of that, the Federal Reserve Act had been set up with a construct that the Fed was backed by gold. And so if they created a sufficiently horrific crisis, they had a rationale to confiscate the public's gold because they said, we have to have this gold in order to back our system and expand credit again. So they did that. They confiscated the gold of the public. But what people have to understand is the real, re the real ration, the real objective to begin with was they did not want the economy to operate without them. And if they had allowed the public to keep the gold, the, the, the economy would have functioned without them on gold. And so I, I asked my father, why did people turn their gold in? to the Federal Reserve. And I go into this in the book and the documentary showing that this um, the largest bank vault in the world with the largest hinge ever on a bank vault 
that was created in Cleveland, which was a very prosperous city at that point in 1923. So 10 years before confiscating all the gold. Why was that vault built? There's no really good explanation for that, other than that they had to put a lot in there. And as I point out, there are machine gun turrets built into the building. This is 1923. What were they planning for? So I asked my father, why did people turn, the, turn their gold in? He said, well, if you kept it, you were a criminal. And the penalties were, I think, two years in prison and $10,000 fine, which in, in 1933 was a lot of money. Yes, it yeah. was very, if you tried to keep your gold. But on top of that, my father said, well, you couldn't do anything with it. So you're now a criminal. You can't do anything with it. And it remained illegal for a U.S. citizen to own gold for 40 years, two generations. So it was quite comprehensive that there was no alternative but to beg for credit from them, which they were creating out of thin air. This go round, it will be central bank digital currency. So they, if they are allowed to do this, their intention is that there will be no parallel system. You will be entirely reliant on their, their credit creation, exactly as they did it in 1933. There are so many supplements out there, it's confusing what's best for optimizing your health. Beyond getting your basic nutrition, if there's one vital ingredient for optimal health, it's carbon 60. Why? Because carbon 60 is the world's most effective supplement at reducing inflammation and increasing longevity. Inflammation is a major contributing factor of almost all disease, including Alzheimer's, asthma, cancer, heart disease, obesity, and COVID vaccine injury. If you are serious about your health, try carbon 60. Be careful though, not all Carbon 60 supplements are equal. I recommend Carbon 60 by Live Longer Labs, the scientists who first brought you Carbon 60 that was suitable for human consumption. They were also first to bring you Carbon 60 in pill form, first to incorporate black seed oil and curcumin, and first to incorporate frequency technology that gives you full spectrum health. You can be confident that you will be buying the absolute best. Buy or learn more with the link below or go to sarahwessel.com under shop. Well, and let's talk a little bit about homes and people are worried that they're going to, they're going to take their homes. They're going to take their gold. They're taking over everything. Right. And you have documented this really well. It's really amazing what you've done. Can, can you explain how the homes and people's, um, other collateral, what that means, and how they can take it in this process. Well, okay, I <laughs> I keep it to explaining that the things that are encumbered with debt will be taken. So in the in the thirties, um, and I know this from uh, living memory, talking with people whose families went through this. Um, there any any uh when they when they close cl 
close the banks and you lose your access to your cash and you never have it again, your debts are not canceled. The debts are consolidated and collected on. So people who are in debt, they can't pay their mortgages. They are then their houses are then foreclosed on. And then they may be invited to rent the house just to keep someone in there to keep the pipes from bursting to pay the utility bills that's what happened in the in the depression so uh, it may be possible that if you own land and buildings free and clear with no debt that's how my family got through the depression but even then it was very difficult because activity levels dropped price levels dropped massively and stayed down for years. So, but beyond that, we can see in the, um, well, if you, go, if you go into the ideology be behind this, which is really, um, um, it, it, it is totalitarian, and, but it is joined at the hip with the banking powers always they have backed all totalitarian regimes and the british system is um the the uh people that founded the london school of economics are fabians they and you go in and you look at what they believe they don't believe that people should be allowed to own land because they will collect rent on it and they haven't and that is unearned, that people are collecting rent on their own property or homes. If they're, think you're Airbnb, you're not allowed to do that. So that has to be taken over by the state and the state will rent the property. So there's an, there's a, an ideology behind this that um, uh, um, goes, goes back more than a century but it is really linked with the central banking uh, power. These people are not capitalists that control the central banks. They, they, they're technocrats. They, they're technocrats and they believe that a tiny, the Fabians articulated this, that popular democracy cannot be allowed. Uh, society has to be run by uh, an aristocracy. These 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 people believe this. So what what is happening now? Um, I, I I have not studied this, but I know I've been told by people in Australia and New Zealand that what is happening there is that the paper records of um, titled land have been dematerialized, and the townships have been caused to borrow money to become indebted to the central banks and what that and the debt debt is secured with the rate base meaning the tax base uh, of the township and what that means is if you go into a sufficiently bad bust a depression and um, the township cannot pay its debt then the banks take over the rate base and they can so it's no longer who you're voting for in your township that will determine what what is going to happen to to That's your right. yeah. to your tenants 
they now can unilaterally do what they like with the taxes. So people, again, it's an old British model taxing people uh, out of, off their property. It's been done for centuries. That's just <laughs> terrible. Well, there was a Jackson Hole Central Bankers meeting in 2018 where they talked about the fact that that governments will no longer control their own budgets, that it'll all be done by the central bankers. That's their goal. And yes. this is, what, what do you think about that? How does that fit in? Well, that fits ideologically. That fits completely with this. Um, it's the same I'm thing, not surprised. Right? Yeah, it's the same thing. This is they are um, the the Fabians. Uh, they they are called the Fabians for Fabius, who was a Roman general that defeated Hannibal. Hannibal had superior numbers, and Fabian's strategy was gradualism, uh, not confronting the superior numbers drawing it out over a long period of time but so they're mo they modeled themselves on that they also have the symbol of the wolf in sheep's clothing as their literally their symbol to begin with um but they also in their writings uh say that when the moment comes they must strike hard or the moment will be lost and that is the moment we're in now. John, I think it was John Locke that talked about, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm not sure if I have the right uh, person, because I think it was him, that talked about property being the essence of freedom. Like you need to have the right to own property to be free. They're but we're all serfs. Yeah, they're taking yeah. all that away. It's like we're we had major development in the Renaissance with the United States being formed, and they want to take us back centuries to a devolved state. Yeah, they're serious about this. <laughs> I know they are. That's what's so scary. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. Uh, what do you? There's been some weird things. You talked about the UCC code and how they're using it to do all this ownership and control. There was a weird UCC filing back in, I think, 2012 that Obama put through with the Department of Defense, I think, on 14, I think it was $14 trillion that he put through as this banking system. Have you seen that? And what are your thoughts on it? No, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know anything about that. You don't know anything. It's I'm trying. We're, there's a group of people who are trying to figure out what all these UCC things are behind the scenes. These are real filings that have gone through and people are trying to figure out what does that mean and how do the UCC codes work? Um, how do they work? Maybe you can help us understand that. Well, the idea of the Uniform Commercial Code was to, um, um, and and on the face of it, it's, it's not a bad idea. It was allowed to allow business to operate nationally without having to deal with different conflicting state law in every state. You know, so there there was the rationale for it. So it's a process of 
as as the name implies in this case many of these names are not are not helpful <laughs> things that they're doing they're often achieving the opposite of what they're right. saying for example a consumer protection act is absolutely not about consumer protection in this case the uniform commercial code is just that it's making essentially business law uniform across the 50 states so but now what is dangerous about it is that the idea that um basically no one has to review this that that industry interests um decide what they're going to implement in in this state law and basically no one ever looks at it people don't really understand what the strategy is behind these That's things right. and so not that anyone in congress would be any better at this point because those people also just sign whatever bill is presented to them by a lobbyist so it's taken over all levels of um of government um they're almost but the like, UCC. I was just going to say, Congress are like sitting ducks, being presented stuff they don't understand, and then just signing it. Yeah, that's how. That's that's, that's what we're uh, subject now. Is, is by by. Um, I mean, people have to understand the root of all this control is the money control. It's all money controlled by the privately controlled central banks, the scale of that money creation. So let me let me just say that, you know, the Federal Reserve System is modeled on the Bank of England. And both of these systems started basically in war and they're always linked with war. So yeah. the to begin with, so the Fed was created right on the eve of World War One, and then the debt of that war just massively expanded the federal debt of the United States. So what what they do is a private group; uh, they create an appearance of uh, legitimacy, and and they they get their their friends in the government to agree with them that the private, the new private bank, and this is what the Bank of England did, will loan the money to the government. Uh, and of course, on the eve of war, the government, the the whatever the authority is in the government wants that, but the the money loaned to the government, they are creating out of thin air. They're, they're buying in the U.S., in the case of the U.S., Treasury debt. Now, the Treasury could have just issued that um, directly without the bankers being involved. Um, and it would be an obligation of the public. But what they do, they insert themselves into this so that now the public is on the hook to pay interest to them on this escalating um, pile of treasuries that they've bought with money they created out of nothing. Um, so that is the beginning of, of their vast power. Um, and then they um, uh, then they use that. They say, well, we have government bonds here. We have these very secure government bonds. Then they use that as their capital base to lever the banking system up 
10, 10 to one on top of that, making loans to the public. They're collecting interest on all of that. Now you can imagine with the, they, they, with the scale of the debt, the vast power they have to control um, all political parties, um, all, all governments, the media, uh, the, the military power, everything. That's, that is the moment when the moorings were slipped and the founding fathers warned against that all across the board. They, and I think people are now beginning to understand that that's really what the revolutionary war was about. That's it right, was yeah. about separating from the banking power of Europe <laughs> and yeah, yeah. and uh, but they got they got control again um so so they they use war the other thing i've i uh, in the in the in the late 90s so so i started really understanding what was happening with the scale of the money creation in the late 90s and uh, this was after the asian financial crisis and um, we now know this is a point when what's called the velocity of money was beginning to collapse. Now, the velocity is the number of times that the created money is used in the real economy or in a period of time. So when I was um, when I was a young guy, this was about 1980 in a money and banking course, the textbook I had, and I've been interested in this for a long time. The textbook explained that, you know, new money created had a very high velocity of maybe six, seven, eight times. Now, the, the way to think about this, if you have a finite money system that is just based on gold or silver, as the founding fathers, you know, wanted, um, uh, things are very stable. Um, in order to come up with money, you have to sell something. You have to produce something or you have to do something. Um, but when you introduce this power to um, create money out of nothing, things happen that wouldn't happen otherwise. Some of that is good. Some of that is in the, in the real economy. Projects are built that wouldn't have happened otherwise. People get paid and they spend that money they got. And it turns over many, many times. It's, it's a tremendous power to have. But what ultimately happens after chronic use of this, overuse of it, is um, the system reaches a point where the money creation is not transmitting into the real economy. Um, uh, so this is what was happening after the Asian financial crisis. And it was at that point that I saw that the scale of the money creation was about 10 times whatever real economic activity was happening. Mm. The new created. So that meant that velocity was collapsing. So what, where is that money going then? It, it, in, in the, it's not, you're now in an end stage phenomena where it's increasingly going into financialization of financial, financial bubbles and busts, but also into warfare. And that has always been so. 
that when, when they are reaching a turnover point where the money velocity is collapsing, they create um, wars. And um, at the end stage of, uh, uh, we're basically at the end of a century long super cycle of this. So we are facing a, um, a, a global hybrid war now. That is the urgency behind uh, people understanding this is not, this is not just going to be a matter of what happens to your retirement fund. It's, uh, it's very, very serious. So we have to understand where the problem is. It's, it's not the Chinese, it's not the Russians, although they may, they're on there, as I would say, they, they are part of this because they can't avoid it. They can't leave the planet. We are in a major geopolitical event. So they have to get through it as well, somehow. Um, I'm not saying they're good guys or bad guys. They're sure. just people. Yeah, no. are... We're all involved in this. Yeah. So, okay, I have many questions based on what you were um, saying. First of all, the the debt, the debt instruments that they were using to get everyone in debt because they know that that is a, a means of being able to control. They've been doing that in small countries or third world countries for decades to, to completely control them, right? That's their process. So they, these countries have been wanting to work with the BRICS instead. They want to move away from this system to the BRICS. Now, is the BRICS something new or is it just their, their resetting? Are they going to use it as this reset or is it truly a new system? I don't think, I don't uh, I I don't think there is a way to escape from this by, you know, uh, that that's just another construct. There there's no real alternative to what is happening. There there's no way to run from it. This is absolutely global. So what is the BRICS then? What are they trying to? Because they they talk about it like they're trying to get around it. Is it a psyop to convince people, or is it? their attempt to get around it or what i don't you know i mean I'm well just curious. maybe people I'm, i i can well imagine that there are people in other countries trying to figure out what to do uh but i i have to say that people that are trying to figure out how to run and where to go it it's not possible <laughs> there, there isn't there isn't an alternative system that is going to um that is, that is really differentiated here. Why do you think the BRICS aren't? Is it is it controlled by the same people, or is it that they're so dependent on this system that they have to deal with? Well, I think, I think the the problem is that um, all all of the world is controlled by these uh, central banking powers. All of the world, even Russia, is private yeah. central. Central bank. So they are the 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 countries that were um, attempting to uh, any country that has attempted to have an independent central central banking system has been literally attacked and destroyed. Think Gaddafi. So, yeah, think Gaddafi. They, where the rebels the rebels formed a central bank before the violence even began they they, they uh, you know what group of rebels does that 
forms a central bank as their first first step. That's it's, right. So when they took them down, so they it, recreated their. Just so the listeners know, when Gaddafi created his own currency, they were the wealthiest nation in Africa. And when they did that, they immediately bombed them out. The first thing they did, well, they took out their water supplies, all these things. It's like, wow. First thing they did is reestablish the central bank. Now that country's in disarray, and they don't care. They also took they took all the gold. <laughs> they took they took the gold out of the country. It was so so what I'm saying is these other the, what what we my message is we have to understand it's very clear all of these uh, psyops all of these things that are hurting us and it is full spectrum. Yeah. You know, uh, that's true. Destroying the food supply degrading our food supply, all the stuff in the, you know, disease X, all of these things, it is ramping up. And the, the, um, the, the uh, uh, destruction of Ukraine, what has happened in Israel and Gaza, um, there, there are other kind of over-the-top things that are happening as well in terms of spreading threat of war, including in Sweden. Um, all of this, all of these operations are would not be happening if they were not being funded. If the Definitely, funding yeah. stops, it all stops. All these threats are artificial. All the stuff the World Economic Forum is talking about, um, all the funding of the biological threats, all of this is artificial. We have to realize, humanity has to realize, this must stop. And it is, the, 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 the threat is coming from this insane ideology that they must control everyone everywhere and that that is um um actually the blessing here it doesn't sound like a blessing but we have to welcome knowing this seeing it um and welcome it in that it is they have now taken it to the point we we've known for many years they could they could do horrible things to people in one part of society or in one part of the world and other people didn't care you know if they thought it was making their gasoline cheaper which it wasn't <laughs> but but now this is aimed and people can see it it is aimed at everyone all over the world all the way to the top of the economic system, the people who thought they were benefiting from this and would be protected, they won't be. And at the same time, crucially at the same time. So what I've seen with people that have become aware of this, and it is absolutely irrefutable. There are very sophisticated all, people all over the world that have gone through this and they have to come back and say, yes, it's, it's true. This is real. Um, but but their first first response is, how can I hide from this? And I see that I see that happen. My message is you can't. You can. It's going to affect all of us. Right. I mean, you just can't hide and think that you can. And there's so that's the people's natural behavior. Yes. Why? 
war, because I've covered this quite a bit, that every time there's a financial reset or some major difference in the financial system, there's always war of some sort. Why? Well, if you go into their writings, um, they, they um, uh, and this is repeated over and over, um, it, 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 that they believe that war is the organizing principle for society. Now, I would say you and I don't believe that. Who believes that? The central bankers believe that. Crazy people it's believe not that. Every person. Now, they, they lead people. People repeat that as if they're smart. There's some wisdom in that saying that war is the organizing principle of society. They've been educated into that. But um, it's really the idea of the central banks because they were literally born out of that and they use it over and over. They've been behind every, you know, they were behind the Bolsheviks. They were literally riding, you, bankers from the US were riding around in uniforms with the Bolsheviks during the period that they're chopping up the royal family and throwing them down a mine shaft and continued funding them. So the, they do not have a problem with hurting people. They believe, they, they believe that that is um, um, just the way things have to be. And then their idea of, of uh, being a, a humanitarian is that, well, so you can go into someone like Bertrand Russell who is considered to be a genius, philosopher, mathematician, had been a, a Fabian. He wrote in 1953, this is during the period the Club of Rome was writing about things like this. He wrote that, well, if we're ever not going, they, they have this idea that the world has to be, um, population has to be reduced. Yes. That again, it's an unexamined thing. To, but it's a tenet of theirs that the population has to be controlled or reduced. That's an imperative for them. And um, which again, just fits with an ideology that we have to control everything. But they, Bertrand Russell is saying that, well, if we're not going to have to have war, if we're not gonna have war, we have to have something that is as threatening as war. Um, and it'll probably have to kill a lot of people. Like COVID. So this is, yeah, yeah COVID, like he talks specifically about, you know, maybe something like the plague, you know, bacterial infection will kill a lot of people. This is in the 1953s talking about this. So they're. Their principle is that people, population has to be reduced. People have to be live in mortal danger and that you they ultimately will have to have um, um, the only way to have a stable system is a one world government, a single government. And Bertrand Russell talks about this. He says, well, if you have if you allow nations where there is liberty, where people have individual freedom, those nations will outcompete the nations no that kidding. do not have. Yeah. Yes, he says this, that they will they will outcompete or they will win in a war if people have their liberty to fight for. So we can't allow that. 
Yeah, they'll I mean, be I'm better. Not... They'll thrive. <laughs> so crazy. let's take it away from them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes, yes. They're, yeah. They're, so if it feels like they're against that, they absolutely are against that. Their rationale is it can personal liberty cannot be allowed anywhere because it makes us look bad. Yeah, it makes us look bad. They have personal liberty, just not the subjects that they're trying to control. They believe, and again, he he talked about this, that that it requires an aristocratic elite to control everything. They they live above the rules and the laws, which we're seeing that with treaties and some of these NGOs and how they're setting stuff up. They don't even subject themselves to the same laws that we have. So they've already established a lot of that. They think they are above all laws, but yet they want to completely control us. Yes. So this is this is. You know, for years, this could be dismissed as conspiracy theory, or that's just one crazy guy writing this, or that group of people there. But what we see now is this, this is the point where they are are acting on it. And we have to, uh, we have to just uh, face up to what is happening, use our God-given sense to see that this is what is happening. There's plenty to look at. And the, I've taken to saying, we know through this whole COVID period, you couldn't, um, fear drops intelligence level. When people are afraid, even if they have a high native intelligence, if they're afraid, uh, they they stop they stop being able to absorb information. Um, so that's why it is, the fear, uh, right? I was going to add. My next question was why the fear. Yes, that's why the fear. And you know, so when that is happening, it doesn't matter if you have absolutely solid information. It doesn't help to give people a lot of information. But what has to happen is. I describe it, you have to find something, some one thing that punches a hole in their, in this barrier they have to be able to think, to punch a hole, then the information starts going in. And you don't know what it will be. It's different for different people. What that is that will punch that hole. It may be something that happens personally, some kind of tragedy, um, but that is the purpose of this book is to punch that hole. And, um, it, Do you think it we're is, making a difference there because that's been kind of my life mission over the last years here is to punch that hole. Are we making a difference? I, I think it, I think it is happening. Um, I think the combination of the horror of everything that happened through, COVID. And now that it's not stopping, um, people, you know, someone said it's like a membrane, you know, permeable in one direction. When people have passed through, they don't go back. So once, once they have passed inside of the, yeah. of the don't go back. Yeah. Don't go back. So there are people accumulating on the right side of the membrane. Um, I um uh, I I know that you know with with this book um 
I, I think what's personally my 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 mission, my purpose in this is actually to get to the people at the top of the system that are close enough to do something right. about this to be because the 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 banking power at the very top those people don't do anything themselves they're entirely reliant on a layer beneath them that does everything for them and i i think we've had um people that are um unconscious of where this is going and I, I, I know because I've experienced people all the way up, <laughs> up to the top That's of the system. Right. Yes. Oh, that is the case. They are unaware of what they're doing and where this is going. So it had to be put together in a way that um, it punches the hole. So I'll, I'll describe, I'll just tell you a couple of things to give you some hope about that. The... The I had a call from um, someone whose um, family had been in U.S. intelligence going back to World War One. So before, you know, very early days and his his family was around that for three generations. And he um, he is part of of a group of several dozen people globally that they're they're all very wealthier they're managing huge amounts of money they have all read this they have all shared it in their circles they all know this is absolutely true i talked with um someone yesterday who is in switzerland similar sort of person vastly wealthy but what what you know even people who are billionaires or multi-billionaires they will lose everything in this That's, yeah and for will. people like that for people like that to realize that they will lose everything that is what we need now we need all hands on deck so this fellow yesterday he he um he said he exposed this to his bankers to his attorney, to his family. He has his own family office to give you an idea of the scale of this. Said none of them knew about this. And it has since been confirmed. It's absolutely true. Well, what can they they do? What can people inside the system do? Because I say that a lot. It's like, well, the average person might not be able to make a difference in certain areas, but people inside these organizations who are trying to reach can make a difference. So what can they do? How can what can somebody who's working at the Federal Reserve, who's their loyal soldier, who's waking up, what can those people do? Uh well, I I would I break it into two levels. <laughs> the 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 taking of the property is so um simple that a classroom of 12 year olds would say this should be illegal you know because what they're doing is taking people's property without their knowledge free of payment without any payment and just giving it to someone else and when that other party goes becomes insolvent they they 
they lose their property. So the lawyers um, that have looked at this have said this is criminal fraud. There's no doubt it's criminal fraud. There's a lot of criminality that is going yeah. on in, in yeah. various areas, certainly all around COVID. But this is this is criminal fraud. And um, what what has to be done as a first step is you begin unwinding this on the local level, the way it was implemented. So you would have to have attorney generals in individual states that would um, reverse the Uniform Commercial Code. We, we need that to happen. Um, in Europe, it would be um, done at the national level because they, they implemented something called the uh, Central Securities Depository Regulation at the EU level, but then they had to go in and subvert the local law in each country. Um, so part of this awareness is as things begin to, um, uh, well, as things get worse here, as things worsen, if people are aware of this in their, their own systems, they can then perhaps step in and act to reverse the local law. That's important. But ultimately, we need an act of Congress to um, um, reverse the federal, to end the Federal Reserve Act. That's right. To dissolve. You just get rid of that. Now, so you're saying two things. You, the UCC's that, things need to be reversed at the state level. And change we the to, local law. And, the, and we need know, to get rid of the Federal Reserve Act. Yes. What, what, what we need is two tenants. Give people back their stuff. We have all the records to know who owns what bank, what money and what banks. As an economic policy, just stop threatening people with taking their stuff. Um, and this collapse, it, it, this is being made to happen, does not have to happen. If we can get control of it, it absolutely can be, everything can be wonderful right away. That's what we have to start talking about and focusing on. The, if, if the Federal Reserve were ended, the whole world changes at that point. Yeah, it's that, is the, it's that important to end it. Yeah. And, but one thing during the 2008 collapse, uh, they did a partial audit of the Federal Reserve. Remember, audit the Fed, and they were trying to do that. And they ended up doing a partial audit. And then people realized, you know, they made this big deal of what, almost a billion dollars, or no, I'm sorry, $900 billion, something like that, the Congress approved to give to the banking system to help the thing from collapsing, right? And then we realized that the Fed was giving out $15, 16000000000000 just with a partial audit. They People realized, holy crap, what was really going on. That was just a partial audit. Since then, what the heck is going on? I think the audit, the audit is a... Um just just kicks the can down the road i don't think the point is doing audits it it we are now you see if if you if you can accept that all of these threats toward us which are mortal threats we are all in danger that that is all being funded by these people the funding has to be stopped this this is an imperative for humanity that is where it is. It's all being run 
by from from there the the people in these different um operations that are devising ways to hurt people they are not running things but they're being funded think anthony fauci you know people like this and it's bioweapons at labs you cut off the funding that has to happen so the the um the the problem is getting to the point where uh you can have an active congress and uh well how do we get them to understand this i mean because this is a concept that the majority of the people in congress don't understand and they just keep going no they're not going to understand it what it's going it's going to um we have to grow up and not expect other people to fix this we have to fix it individually it's not somebody else's job we have to personally you know we say well where are the parents we are the parents <laughs> we have to personally do something you can't you can't expect someone else to do it so we we need people um uh now it's uh, I think people at all levels begins by changing your own mind, your own understanding, and then you start affecting other people around you by doing that. If you, so you have to understand yourself what you're facing, and then you can start just tipping the balance with other people. There, there are things that, I mean, I know lots of people that have dropped everything and they're working at this like their lives depend on it because they they do. That's how serious it is. But so, so how can an we, average person help? I mean, because you said all of us need to help. How can, because we, we need things changed at the state level. We need the Federal Reserve uh-huh. to be ended. How can an average person who's maybe not, they don't feel like they, how can they help? Um. I, I, I think I think everybody has to write and speak about these things. It's it's spreading it's spreading awareness. It's talking about it. It's not being cowed into silence. It is, uh, you know, this is urgent. And of course, it doesn't help to shout at people. You know, they they're not going to they don't hear you if you're shouting. It's finding. You know, this is a. It is a sensitive matter to figure out how to move the needle, but we, you know, let let's say imagine you're you're in a room and you're the only person that understands that something very very dangerous is happening, and 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 then you get to a point where there's at least one other person you can talk to about it. And then you get to the, then you eventually get to the point where there are more than a few people in the room that understand what's it. Now you're getting somewhere. That's, that's what we have to work toward. But, but I have to say what, what I am working toward and other people are doing this, you, we need, yes, we need smart, capable people who believe they have personal power to act like it, <laughs> to, to, yeah, to, to use step their... up, make things happen. Uh, so it's, um, it's, it's starting. 
I mean, the, the man I spoke with in Switzerland, I mean, he's doing that. Well, how much time do we have, though? I mean, because what you're talking about is takes time. So how much time do we really have? Because, you know, MIT claimed back in the 70s that this whole system was going to collapse in 2032. And now uh, everyone's saying that their analysis from that, it's accelerated significantly. So we don't have no. decades. We have how no, much We're time? in it. We're now. We're in it now. And that's the good news and the bad news is the evidence is going to keep coming, you know, thicker and thicker that this is happening and we have to stop it. And more and more people will uh, come to understand that and they will realize it's an imperative. And um, we 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 so we we need to prepare our minds for this so that uh, what I'm imagining is people will um, uh, maybe not know what to do or how to do it or quite be ready to do it emotionally. But then as things happen, they will hit a point where just in that moment, they will they will know what to do. They will be able to do something and it will be um very uh it will be like a mass thing that is happening at that point um what what i am worried about is that um you know in their writings what they talk about are, are things such as well how are we going to control everything if we're not going to have war we could um create pollution globally to create a rationale for why we have to control everything. That was that was an idea they had. So that then morphed into the global warming imperative. But even going back before global warming was even a thing, they were talking about save the planet, that they had to have a tiny group of people that would save the planet by collapsing the economy, literally talking about I, this. Yeah, I know. So that, that has morphed into the global warming, you know, zero carbon and uh, shutting down uh, the farms and it's it's full spectrum right now. The problem is it's all bullshit. It's not. <laughs> That's an work. understatement. Well, in the car their carbon, work. their carbon argument is so ridiculous because we are carbon. Uh, the plants need carbon i mean it's just it's so well, and nitrogen and nitrogen <laughs> it's so stupid but okay well, I, I have one i have one like last question let, then. Let, i don't let, go ahead let me, let me let me let me comment that the problem is because it's bullshit they are going to go to the tried and true which is global war Oh, I see what you're saying. Because all the other stuff is just people are realizing that's really stupid. And other so stuff is not going to work. So yeah. you can't argue with people being killed. That is why we have to stop it. And wow. to think they will not do that 
you, you just go back and look at the history of the last century, look at what was done in World War One. you know, the scale of the destruction, just, you know, destroying lots of people in Ukraine. Hundreds of thousands of people have been killed in Ukraine well, but, now. But just look at what they're doing in Gaza, where they're bombing. Okay, go yes. go knock yourself out to get Hamas, but you're bombing little kids and people who have no way of protecting themselves. They have no, well, they're, they have they're, no military, no protection. That's so obvious to anybody with a brain. Yes. So we 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 have to understand they. The people, this is kind of running on automatic. This is what they do. And that is why, as this horror ramps up, there will be an imperative for humanity to cut off the funding to, to yes. the war machine. There's no alternative. We have to cut this funding off. Okay, people think when you hear the Federal Reserve, you hear this this stuff, they get all freaked out. They think it's bigger than it is, but there's just people behind it. It's just people like us who, other than the fact that they're crazy and they're cultists and they're paganists, who are these people that are really behind this? Uh, well, I... All I, all I can say is they're just people. <laughs> they're 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 uh, you 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 would. Um, I I think we have to be honest that this this is among us. This kind of thinking. Um, it's I I know people that will say that uh yeah war is necessary to control the population i hear people say that well they also you know, think it's, I, I hear people nice say pe that we need to depopulate too because there's too many people and those are nice people too that are saying that they they and these are people that you would think are lovely people but there are people that say this what they what they have not been confronted by is the horror of it actually happening. Or seen, maybe they seen. should be the first targeted and maybe they'd change their mind quickly. Well, but people, what I'm saying is it's this unconsciousness that people go along with this. I, I, I would say, um, you know, I worked really all the way to the top of the system. You know, I worked with people that were, um, uh, we're very close to this. And I would say that um, they really don't understand this themselves. Do do the people at the very top understand it? I mean, because they're implementing it gangbusters. Do you think they understand? Because they I, have a whole army of useful idiots, but do they yeah, understand? Yeah, I think there 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 are there are people that are just that evil. Um, um, but there, there, um, there aren't a lot of them. I, I would say like, like the, okay, the implementation, the changes to the uniform commercial code that was done by two guys, two people, and they're basically wants. They're just, 
they're given a job to do and they come up with this brilliant subversion, this brilliant idea. And they actually think they're doing, a, a, you know, they're, they're, they're pleased at how good they are. At doing, the road doing this. to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, well, they just they just don't think about what the implications are of what they're doing. I've been, I've, you know, we've all been around people that, you know, basically think war is cool or neat or, you know, uh, it, it's we're we're dealing with an unconsciousness on the part of people. Um, now there there are people that are killers that are outright criminals but they are they tend to be people that are getting funding they are they are being funded for certain operations and that can stop um i i i mean there there yes there there are okay here's another way i explain it um we you know, uh, primates live in groups of 30 to 80. And beyond that, they separate into another troop. There's some reason for that. Now, within that, that group of a number of dozens, there are, um, there, there are abilities and disabilities for every individual within that. And, um, there are, um, uh there's a kind of symbiosis so so somebody can all cover something within the symbiosis so uh for example someone is always awake someone is always watching um now we know that um these people who have no empathy that might actually enjoy killing things and hurting things that is a recurring thing in humanity and it was probably an adaptation. It was there for a reason. Um, so within a group like this of 30 to 80, people would know from childhood who these people were. They were your playmates. You would know who they were. So you, you would, as adults, the group would not select them to run everything, probably. Collectively, yeah, I mean, collectively, you would make sure you control them because they're so destruct destructive to your livelihood that those people they, they, would be no, but they they would be good hunters. You would take them out hunting. They'd be on the hunting party. They would be very good at killing and skinning the animals, and um, they're. There's some reason for it, but as I say, you you so you understood that, but you wouldn't let them babysit your kids, you know. You, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you so, but what we what the problem we have that is threatening all of humanity now is the we started getting totalitarianism and this antipathy toward humanity with city states. When you when you get to an inhuman scale these people can are not identified they get control now now we are facing a turning point for all of humanity because 
these people are not only at the top of something, they have unlimited funding. Yeah. That is why open-ended hybrid war. That is that is why this is something that people basically have to drop everything to say this we can't allow this because it is this is the point where they um it, it's understandable that it is this dire now why it is happening but also why it can't be allowed to continue and we're at some kind of a major turning point in the history of humanity at this point so what are you doing? Um, I'm assuming people are contacting you and you're starting to be involved in think tanks and stuff. Uh, but like I said, we we have to move on this quick. But what are you, what is it that you're doing right now? Um, you know, are, are you speaking or what? what is some of the things that you're involved with? Yeah, well, I think um, uh, after I got the book done and the documentary, um, it, it, it's really spreading this awareness through those and uh, doing interviews like like this. And that that has been important. I've I've um, been contacted by people just because of one interview I've done or another. Um, I, I think that um, what's what's happening now is that highly placed people um are becoming activated so a lot has happened in 90 days i mean the this book really really didn't um really start spreading until early september that was kind of the inflection point um so a, a lot is happening i i think there will need to be um um legal actions on the local level about the property the the law i i don't yet know how this will get addressed uh, with respect to the federal reserve it's um uh we have to trust that there's an inevitability behind this it is inevitable it has it it has to end and we just we have to manifest that. I get. I guess I I'm I'm doing it by making it that explicit. I'm calling that out when other people won't do it. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and then, no, that's good. Then to think about um, how can uh, people people think that oh my God, if the Fed didn't exist, everything would collapse. That is. That is a big mistake to think well, that way. Have, so we, but they have a ton of money, right? So they're going to fund the the PR behind why they have to exist, and they're going and we don't have that much money, and we're censored because they're also paying for the censorship. So they're paying for the censorship of of us talking about it. They're paying for the psyops to convince the low information people that they're necessary. I mean, how do we fight yes. that? You know, I mean, that's something well, that I've been thinking yeah. about for a while. The the money control is collapsing and the media control is collapsing. Which is both. good. 
Yes. That's how we're at a we're at a turning point. And then they they um the worse they make things, the more threatening they make things. And this is real. People are going to be under real threat. Uh, they already are. Um, it, it, but it's going to it's going to it's going to get worse. And so people will be finally, finally driven to realizing that no one is protecting them. They they have to do something. This is how we're we're reaching a kind of a spiritual point, which is to to face something that seems so awful you can't face it, but to actually welcome it because welcome it as something that you need to know, to be grateful that you know it, and now to pass through this. Because just putting your head in the sand is not going to make it go away. So the best thing is is to learn about it, embrace it, and figure it out. Not embrace yes. it in the sense of we want it to come. And embrace the knowledge. Well, it's not accepted. Yeah. It's not accepted. It's it's yeah. just that I I'm grateful. I know this, and it's very hard to to um, pass through this but that's what I must do. Um, and um, this is what our founders we, dealt with, right? Yeah, it's very, you know, you notice my hair is pretty long now. I said to my wife, I, I want to go back to the seventies, which is, you know, when I was young, but I didn't realize it would be the 1770s. <laughs> <laughs> They were amazing people. Once we start to realize what it was that they were dealing with and trying to establish, I mean, I, you know, we yes. always talk about your founders being great and wow. But once you really start to understand, then you're like, wow, That's they true. really were amazing. I, I'd recommend two things: reading uh, G. Edward Griffin's Creature from Jekyll Island. Abs absolutely. Um, uh, hugely valuable in understanding things and all of the reference materials there. I had not read that before I wrote the book. I knew about this from my own father and my own life and work. But um, I think he, Edward Griffin, is such a treasure uh, and um, such a decent man. So I, I would I would look at that. The other thing, there's a documentary on YouTube called The Money Masters, and then parenthetically, 1996. It's three Bill and a half Still. hours. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Still. I've watched all of that. Yeah. There's also um, Ellen Brown did a book called The Web of Debt, which is good. She's done some really good work too. Yeah. The. Yeah. the the, but the thing, and Ellen Brown also, the thing they're pointing to is, um, uh, you know, the where you go from here, that that this absolutely can be ended fairly seamlessly and wound down. And that's those are the things we have to uh, start talking about now, how how uh, in a very concrete way, all this can stop. And really, day one, I mean, you just stop hurting people. It's as simple as that. And 
and the system can be stabilized. Um, uh, you know, it it's we have to reach a point of saying to these people, you're, you're done. You, That's you, right. Thanks for your help. <laughs> thanks you're for done. your help. I'm sorry, but you're, you're done. done. Yeah. Now. Go to the beach. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm a little bit more with some of these things. It's it's reaching criminal level, and if oh, don't well, it is address that. It is, it is yeah. criminal. Uh, but I'd I'd have to say that I mean the other thing I've I've come to is you know let's say I I had bad experiences with religion and being let down by religion, but. Um, I'd, I'd say the spiritual aspect of this is uh, something such as understanding like Gandhi or Martin Luther King or, you know, Christ, you, you, you have to love your enemies because the alternative, however unpalatable, yeah, you know, you, you, if if it is it is the only energy that will get us through this, you have to have compassion for the people that are um, on the us? other side of it. We have to have compassion I, for the killers. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know if I'm mentally there yet, but I understand I, the concept. I, I, I understand, but they are. Um, they are they are trapped in this also. They don't really understand, you know, what's going to happen. Um, I, I going back to this analogy of the tribal group with the, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the people that like killing things in a, in a tribe. You wouldn't kill that person that because they're somebody's brother, maybe your brother. You know, they're they're part of the family, but you don't let them babysit the kids. You have to you have to you have to remove them from a situation where they can do harm. Um, sure, we 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 will have to get to a point of uh, discovery and um, uh, uh, criminal processes, but that what we we really have to get past the point where there is escalating the violence. violence and destruction. yeah it has to be done it has to be done in an organized fashion but to not you there's know, a difference I mean, between somebody who is unconsciously doing something as a useful idiot versus somebody who's actually doing it but at some point oh. the nazi camp people were just as guilty as the people it, I understand, but if you if you have someone that let's say is holding a gun and they're threatening the room, the main thing is to get them to put the gun down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where we are. Yeah, that's that's step one. That's better, but to clean it up so it doesn't happen again, you kind of have to go. Well, that that is why if you if you remove the linkage, so the founding fathers were adamant that there could not be this fiat money power, um, certainly not centralized. But uh, if, you, if you imagine that you have a finite money system and you could still have private 
private schemes off to the side where they're creating their own notes and they will succeed or fail, or fail but they don't run the whole system. And uh, you will have people that are, you know, psychopaths or sociopaths that get control of something somewhere, but that will run its course. You know, they're more likely to be recognized if they're in some entity, the discrete entity somewhere. So, but they won't be in a position to take everything down. Um, that's the argument of against the central bank is when it's monolithic, there's no ability to recover from things. It, it's if it's distributed, you're going to have bad people. That's right. But they'll go. Um, so we we uh, you know there there will always be we have to understand there will always be people like this. I think you're right. It just you, it, don't, you don't create a system where suddenly now they're in charge of everything and now you're screwed. And that's what we're that's the, what we're at right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're dealing with something so but it, it's doable. We'll get through it. Where can people I just I'm eternally optimistic. I think we humanity is going to get through this. I think we still have a long traumatic period to go through. But I think we're going to come out better and we're going to thrive. But it's going to be really hard. Um, and it takes people learning about what you're teaching and, and really understand what's happening. Where I really highly recommend that people get your book and watch your documentary. People learn in different ways. Some people like to read. Some people like to watch, right? Your documentary probably made a big difference because there's almost more people that like to watch video than like to read a book. But I have a pretty good audience who likes to read. So where can they get your book? Okay. Um, if you go to the website, thegreattaking.com, there's a free PDF download. And that's what has really allowed this to go global is, you know, my intent was that there would be zero friction. So there's no impediment to people getting this anywhere. Um, there are hard copy books that can be ordered through something called Lulu, L-U-L-U. -L -U. There are links to that on the website. And they cost something because it costs something to make That's a right. book and yeah. ship it. But it doesn't cost a lot if you want an actual book. Um, there are also, there are people, maybe your audience doesn't care about this, but there are people globally that have stepped up and done translations in a bunch of different languages. So those are also on the, on the website, most of them. Um, so, and lots of interviews out there and the, this will be one of them, <laughs> but the book, just go to the website and, and, uh, of course the documentary is up on YouTube. It's on rumble, but, uh, it's they, not being uh, censored at this point. You're it's no, that you know no. of that's, that's good. Uh, no, I, I don't think it is being centered or censored. And, uh, um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's good. That's really it's, good. It's going well. It's going well in that, in that regard. Well, thank you so much for everything you're doing. I have a feeling that you're going to be in the center of a lot more going forward. 
And so thank you. And you're probably learning a lot just by being part of all this too. I mean, there's, there's a lot happening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for stepping up and having the courage. We need more people like you who are willing to step up. So thank you. There, there are people and they're, they're doing that. Yeah. I've met, I've met, uh, just, uh, incredible heroic people. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And we just keep needing more of them and to have the courage. So the nice part about you coming out is you're helping others have courage. That's what that's about is, is you're presenting a le you're leading by showing courage. And I think that is, I mean, it's unmeasurable, right? Cause you're going to have a ripple effect everywhere and you don't even know where, and that's why it's so important. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Sarah.